1: When I was uh, meeting with the Pagoulas, Russ Brand, and Doug Whaley, I don't know, there's some, a certain kind of synergy or whatever you will that I've, I felt really good about. From a lot of linemen, I'm probably different back than what they're used to blocking for. You know? All them things in one can make the difference
0: between last year we led the league, but we can really do some real damage.
1: All right, that was Rex Ryan and LaShawn McCoy, Matthew Collar from St. John Fisher College in Rochester, where camp has officially begun, and uh, not too bad in terms of weather out here for me. I'm in a tent, and if it's anywhere over 80 degrees, this tent goes up to about 100, and uh, so today we've got a little cloud, some overcast, but the rain so far has held off, here at St. John Fisher Coverage Bills Training Camp here on WGR, presented by DeUville College, Educating for Life, also by M&T Bank, the official bank of the Buffalo Bills, also brought to you in part by New York's only outlet liquor, What's Your Outlet, and by Consumers Beverages, Buffalo's Beer Store. So lots to talk about. Very excited to be here, very excited to finally have football back In a way, I know we've got a long ways to go before we get to preseason games. And then we have too many preseason games, as always. And then finally we get to the regular season and the Bills opening up against the Baltimore Ravens. But in the meantime, between week one and now, there is plenty to talk about at uh, the, the big picture and in terms of the micro as well. And and the big picture is always, can the Bills make the playoffs? And then some of the smaller storylines that we'll be talking about throughout the day. We will have Richie Incognito just after noon. Uh, We'll stop by and also Sal Capaccio around 1231, somewhere on there, and he'll go the rest of the way with me. He'll be on till 2 today here from St. John Fisher. And we'll ask Sal about LaShawn McCoy, who you heard there in the introduction to the show we'll ask him about stefan gilmore's contract tyrod taylor going into year two as the buffalo Bills starter and several other storylines as well including the number of rookies and young players or newbies starting on the defensive side of the ball so we got all that to talk about with sale i'm also going to talk to Richie Incognito about the offensive line, and it strikes me that this is the first time maybe, uh, well, definitely since I've worked here, but maybe since I was, I don't know, 10 years old, that the offensive line is not a huge conversation going into the season that so far, listening to the station and being on with Howard and Jeremy in the morning as well, I have not heard a single call about the offensive line? I have not heard anyone question whether this team can have a decent, at least very good uh, and maybe an excellent uh, top tier of the league offensive line. I have not heard that call yet. And that is really surprising, uh, not because they don't have the talent, just because it's always a part of the conversation. And it really says a lot about how confident we are in the offensive line, and that includes Richie Incognito, so I'm going to ask him about that. He also got a contract in the offseason and is going into year two with the Bills, and there's a lot of pressure on Incognito to carry over last year's performance to this year, especially since the run game has been a big part of the conversation, which I will get into a little later on, since LaShawn McCoy is a big part of the conversation and how much I'm really concerned about the running game and and how this team performs, including LaShawn McCoy. We'll talk about that as well. But where I want to start with you is uh, one of the quotes that you heard there in Nate's sports update about continuity and the idea of continuity within the Buffalo Bills organization. This is something that we have not had because the team has not won. (laughs) I I mean, naturally, if you don't make the playoffs... You're going to continue to make changes until you find something that works. And the other thing is continuity usually goes along with quarterback, does it not? I mean, which teams in the league have a lot of continuity that have the same head coach year in and year out? Like, uh, let's see, the Carolina Panthers seem to have the same head coach and Ron Rivera, and who do they got? Hmm, uh, Cam Newton. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Bill Belichick's been there a long time. What uh, can we connect to that? I I mean, anytime we're talking about continuity it almost always goes along with a team that has a great quarterback and even you know denver is kind of the exception and there have been exceptions to teams that have had a great quarterback and have had to make a change to get over the hump but those teams are usually already good and may have won anyway or maybe they just needed a little extra boost or a little change in philosophy to get to that point where they could win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I mean, even going back to the Tony Dungy and John Gruden, that Tony Dungy got the Bucks there year in and year out, but John Gruden put them over the hump. Or, I mean, there have been a few examples like that. But for the most part, when we're talking about continuity, it just has to do with, do you have a good quarterback that puts you in competition for the playoffs and for the Super Bowl year after year after year? Now, the Bills may have, at very least a competent quarterback that can get them to the playoffs this year. But in terms of the rest, in terms of the continuity with wanting to stay with Rex Ryan and wanting to stay with Doug Whaley, there's one thing that it does to us as a fan base when we know that nobody's going to get fired is it it does offer, if things don't work out, quite a bit of frustration. And, And changing coaches can often be just a way to sell hope for the next year. That it, With Chan Gailey, I thought even with Chan Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick, think about this scenario. If the Bills had just kept Chan Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick and gone into whichever year it might have been, it would have been 2014 instead of hiring Doug Marone, and then they had the top defense in the league still, they probably make the playoffs that year, right? I mean, because Chan Gailey had gotten quite a bit out of Ryan Fitzpatrick offensively, and then he did again last year with the Jets. But we got to a point of Fitzpatrick and Gailey where we were just frustrated. We were just worn out of having those two here. And I I think there was, from the fan standpoint, there was nothing to latch on to in terms of hope for the next season if they had brought back Chan Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick, now I'm not guaranteeing they would have made the playoffs. If Fitzpatrick has never made the playoffs, but if they had had the number one defense in the league, maybe things turn out differently than Marone's first season, which what was uh six and 10 or seven, and nine, six, uh, whatever it was, but the miss, you know, they missed the playoffs under Marone and then, you know, Rex Ryan, another coaching change. Now they were forced to make that coaching change, but again, what did it do for us last year? It offered a huge boost in morale. It offered something new to hope. It offered debate. It it offered conversation about how much Rex Ryan could help this team and whether Rex could beat the Patriots because he had – Given the Patriots a hard time during his career. All those things are brought in like a new wave of energy. There was something like that uh, last year. Feel the rush, I think. But, you know, it brings in new energy when you can somebody, as funny as it sounds, that there isn't... It kind of washes out that hopelessness feeling and brings in a new feeling of, okay, maybe this is the guy that's going to be able to get us over the top. And with the Pagulas saying and now we and we've heard it from Doug Whaley we've heard it from Rex Ryan that these this coach this general manager nobody's on the hot seat they gave contract extension to Doug Whaley and have more or less said if you guys are calling for people to get fired you're barking up the wrong tree because that's not how we're going to do things and what I what I would like to hear from you as we start camp here from St. John Fisher College in Rochester is do you like that idea Do you like the idea of through the good times and bad, and maybe we say last year had a lot of both, there were plenty of good times, plenty of good games, and plenty of bad games and shortcomings as well, that this organization has said, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to live up to it, it's just what they've said, that they're sticking with Doug Whaley, they're sticking with Rex Ryan, and it's going to be continuity here from here on out whether it's failure this season or success this season, that they're looking at the long term, and it's going to be these two at the top making the decisions. So love to hear from you on that, because that was a big part of the conversation yesterday with the media, and Terry Pagula was on our station a while back uh, this summer, and he said the same thing, that it's uh, hard to win if you're always making changes. Well, sometimes. I mean, you can make a case – For uh, either side, you can make a case for teams that have brought in a new coach and then entirely changed the franchise, though, again, that usually goes along with whether you have a quarterback, or you can make the case for coaches that have just stuck around for a very long time, been in the same position, and they were always good, and eventually it worked out. Eventually they got the quarterback they needed or built up the roster that they needed to have, I think that's a big part of it, too, is just where you stand in your roster timeline. I'll give you an example of this, is uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. When Marvin Lewis took over as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals in 2003, the roster was a complete truck fire. It was a disaster. The team, the organization was as low as you could possibly be. And his first six seasons, they missed the playoffs in five of them, including one year where they went 4-11. and 11. And this was in his sixth year where they went 4-11. and 11. Now, they have made the playoffs the last five seasons in a row. That's from 2011 until 2015. And eventually, they became a team that was in the playoffs every single year, competing for division titles, and they haven't won in the playoffs. They haven't gotten to where they are. But they, we're talking about a team in Buffalo that has not been to the playoffs in 16 years. So you look at a team that's made it five in a row, and they're the one of the elite teams in the league that seems to make it all the time. And Marvin Lewis, I know every year it gets talked about, could he be on the hot seat because they didn't do enough in the playoffs? But think of the standard that he set for the team in the last four years, 10, 11, 10, and 12 wins for that team. And it took a long time to build up the roster to a point where it was good enough to be a truly competitive team. And they decided to stick with continuity. And I think I would say, even though they haven't won, that it's worked out for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, there are plenty of other examples where a team can't get to where they need to go and they decide to part ways with their coach. And then the next coach comes in and finally gets them there. And so, I I mean, I think it's one of those things where we talk about the circumstances really matter. And I've heard Bulldog on, on the afternoon show talk about this quite a bit. That, I mean, when we're talking about continuity and all that, it's a great thing to say at training camp time. But once we get into the heat of the season, if things don't go the way that you expected them to go with a team whose roster is matured and ready to win right now, even at the quarterback position, then the continuity thing may just go out the window. If we're talking about Rex Ryan not relating to players like he did in the past, or his defense not working again, then we could be talking about changes. I wonder about another eight and eight season, or another nine and maybe even nine and seven, and miss the playoffs. and I, And I wonder how that would fly with staying with continuity. I wonder about all the scenarios. I wonder about a six and ten season, because I think if you get a six and ten season that there will be a ton of pressure on the team to make changes. So what do you think of that idea? Do you like it? 803-0550 1888-550 2550 the numbers. Do you like the idea of the Buffalo Bills saying right off the bat here before camp and they've said it a few times. Do do they do you like the idea of them saying, "Look guys, we're just not going to make any any of these changes. We've decided on the guys that we want, and these are the decision makers. And I also noticed yesterday just a few things, a uh, few observations from uh, what players and media had to say uh, yesterday, or players and Rex and, and Doug Whaley had to say. Just if, I noticed that Rex Ryan and Doug Whaley tried to go out of their way to say, We get along with each other, guys. We get along with each other. We're on the same page. We see things the same way. It was like they weren't even really asked about it at times, and they went over the top to say, hey, this is a great relationship between us two. And I'm not so sure that that is uh, entirely the case uh, between Rex Ryan and Doug Whaley, but if they are working uh, on the same page, well, I mean, that's obviously better than having them not working on the same page because there were times last year where you felt like, You know, there were decisions that maybe Rex didn't like that Doug Whaley decided to go with, and if you're going to have this continuity, then a major part of that is those two being on the same page. And we know, I think from Rex Ryan's past, that he and GMs don't always get along perfectly because he wants to have a lot of control. He wants to have a lot of control of the roster. He uh, if you read the book Collision Low Crossers, there's stories in there about him making promises to players that he can't exactly keep, and things like that. And uh, that's, you know, I mean that that sometimes will get under the skin of a general manager who's there to make uh, those decisions, the, to make the player decisions. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. If you were wondering, and I know you were, the first pass thrown by Tyrod Taylor, was intercepted by Stefan Gilmore. So I never know exactly how to feel about these things when I'm reading the play-by-play from training camp. It's day one. But am I supposed to be happy about a Stefan Gilmore interception or unhappy that Tyrod Taylor threw the interception? I, I, I never know which way to go um, with that. But uh, in terms of some other things to talk about from yesterday, uh, LaShawn McCoy had a lot to say and uh, you heard some of it in Nate's update at the top of the hour and something that I, I would like to get some thoughts on uh, if you've got them and you can also text by the way, five fifty, five fifty, 550. If you uh, don't have a chance to give us a phone call, LaShawn McCoy, his role in the offense and just how much you care about the conversation about the running game and, and needing to succeed in the run. Because to me, LaShawn McCoy, this group of running backs, even though some of them are more embattled than others, Jonathan Williams with a DUI in the offseason, Carlos Williams coming in out of shape, there's still uh, been reports that the Bills could be interested in bringing in Reggie Bush, all of those things. I think we should still feel very confident about the talent uh, with the running game in general, with LaShawn McCoy. It was interesting to me um, to hear LaShawn McCoy talk about how he was disappointed with last year i mean i understand he missed a few games and maybe if he is completely healthy they win one of those that they didn't win i don't know i thought he had a tremendous year he ended up in the pro bowl and i know that you know might not mean everything but he was a huge impact player in almost every game that he played in and I think that's what we were looking for from him, to be explosive. The New York Jets game, now I know that uh, Bakari Rambo last year picked up a fumble and ran it for a touchdown and um, you know also had an interception that game, so we looked at it more as his game. But the Bills' offense was not moving the ball through the arrogance. The Jets last year, I think it was a Thursday night game, and LaShawn McCoy had to carry the offense pretty much himself. The, the play that we remember is Sammy Watkins shaking Darrell Revis for a catch on third down and short. But, I mean, I, I remember that game as LaShawn McCoy just being dominant. And I would, I don't see as of yet where he is in his career a reason to think that he'll lose any of his explosiveness just yet from judging by how he looked last season. And, and the the running games, the, in my mind, it isn't a big part of my thought process when I'm trying to evaluate what this Bill's offense is going to look like when you ask me, so how good can the Bill's offense be? Where can they rank overall in the league in terms of putting up points? Well, I certainly wouldn't say that they would be up there with the Packers or the Carolina Panthers or any of the teams with the elite quarterbacks in the league, but I would say that it depends entirely on Sammy Watkins health. I'm not really even thinking about LaShawn McCoy because I I, I know what I have there in terms of a talent. Of course he's going to have to stay healthy, but, I mean, you could say that for just about anyone. I kind of put that um, to the side unless a player has some serious injury issues throughout his career, which McCoy does not and played most of the season last year. I kind of put it as, well, I mean, if anybody gets hurt, it's bad. You know, if this guy could stay healthy, well, yeah, sure. I mean, you could say that for anyone. And any good player, they need to stay healthy in order for you to win. It goes for every quarterback in the league. But the offense in general, how much are you thinking about this? How much are you thinking about what this offense could look like in terms of Sammy Watkins taking it to the next level and the Bills passing game taking it to the next level? Because even LaShawn McCoy kind of, I'm not going to say he scoffed, but he sort of went... Yeah, we were number 1. Okay. Well, a big part of that in running was Tyrod Taylor. You take Tyrod Taylor out of that equation, I know it's part of the running attack is having Tyrod Taylor, but um, you know, I mean that's just your quarterback taking off. They could be on pass plays too, and it kind of skews the statistics to say we're we were number 1. Yeah, all right. Well, you had a quarterback who could scramble too. But the running game, I couldn't I don't care where they rank in terms of the running game. I care about pretty much one thing and one thing only with this Bills offense, and that's what Sammy Watkins does and how healthy he is is a is a conversation too. But what type of numbers Sammy Watkins can put up, I think will directly correlate to whether this team makes the playoffs or not. Let's get your thoughts. 803 550 1-888-550-2550. Matthew Collar out here, St. John Fisher College in Rochester. It's a little bit of a cloudy day, which totally works for me in my little heat tent here. Uh, I'm sitting in front of where the kickers are. This is a thing that always amazes me. Uh, my wife went here to Fisher. And a really good friend of mine went here, too. So I spent a lot of time on this campus. And even on this football field, a friend and I tried kicking field goals one day. We got a football, and we wanted to see how far out we could make field goals. And I could make an extra point, and I think maybe like five yards more. But I was kind of doing it like big military boot style, where you just sort of angle your foot up and and try to just lift the ball up over the uprights. That's about as good as I could do. My friend was a little better. He could make it from like 30 yards, but watching these kickers, I know they're professionals. It's amazing. I I, I can't see from where I'm sitting. I can't really see much of the field where they're practicing. Um, So I'm, and I end up looking a lot at the kickers here and just watching them punt and kick field goals is, is really marvelous. I mean, they're, they're just so the, the, Pure distance that the ball travels through the air—I could watch all day. And I, I remember as a little kid coming out to practice, or maybe not a little kid, maybe a teenager, and sitting and watching them and wanting to see the kickers and punters just as much as anybody else. And it's sort of like, yeah, I know, I know, I know the the star players are over there, but look how far this guy can kick the ball—eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Matthew Collar from St. John Fisher College. Two things on. Uh, on the slate here for you to talk about continuity. Do you like it? Rex and Doug Whaley, is this pair good enough to get them to the playoffs this year beyond? How are you feeling about that? And the offense, am I wrong for not really caring about where they rank in terms of running offense? And uh, coming up next, I want to ask you, I I think I have a bold opinion, a bold take a bold prediction, but I'm not sure. So I'll need some help with that. Eight zero three zero five fifty one one 888 550 2550 Matthew Collar from day one of training camp here on WGR. This is something we always talk about every year. But I just kind of was more conscious about what I ate and things like that. Just kind of put on more muscle and dropped a little fat, you know, baby fat. Come to my grown man weight. Yeah, that's Marcel Darius. My grown man weight is um too much, probably, right? <laughs> for most of us, our grown man weight means kind of the opposite of the way Marcel Darius is using it. Marcel Darius is saying, now, my, my grown man weight is when I drop some of the fat. And, that, and, and for us, for most people, I think when you get to your grown man weight, it's you're carrying a, a little bit more of it. Matthew Collar here from St. John Fisher College. Day one, the team still on the field. They started about 10 o'clock today and will go for about another half an hour. It's overcast. Uh, it's sort of funny, right, that the entire summer has been 162 degrees every single day, and then today camp finally opens up. And I'm sure for the players and uh, for everybody who's here, it's actually turned out to be really nice because you're not, you know, gonna die of the heat since nice and cool out here for day one of the practice so I'm sure that uh, Sal Capaccio is very happy he's on the sidelines right now and he will be joining us in a little bit once practice is over with and he talks to some of the players also coming up in just about a half an hour maybe a little more when he makes his way over here Richie Incognito will be live on the air with us as well And coverage of Bill's training camp here on WGR presented by Duval College Educating for Life by M&T Bank the official bank of the Buffalo Bills brought to you also by New York's only outlet liquor, what's your outlet? And by Consumers Beverage, Buffalo's Beer Store. So I said before the break that I need your help here. And you could text 550-550. I've also got a Twitter poll on this. You could give me a call and need a little bit of help. Tell me whether it's a bold prediction to say the Buffalo Bills will make the playoffs. Is that a bold prediction or is that just our expectation and that's fine? I can't decide. Uh, I've put it out on Twitter, Twitter poll, and right now 63% are saying yes. It's a bold prediction to say that the Buffalo Bills will make the playoffs. 63% yes, 37% no. And I could see the argument either way because I think it is bold considering they have not made the playoffs in 16 years. But I could also say it's not bold because, first of all, I mean, Brady's missing four games. That's nice in terms of getting the Bills an extra win there. It's been an automatic two losses since he's come into the league. That always hurts your chances at the playoffs. Plus, I look around the rest of the AFC, and I see plenty of opportunity there for the Bills to make the playoffs. They've got the best quarterback they've had in a long time. They won eight games last year, had a positive point uh, differential. And I've been trying... Over the last couple of weeks, had this conversation a little bit with Ryan and Nate uh, last week in the studio, which was, all right. What other teams are the big serious threats here to the Bills for a wild card spot? There's two wild card spots available, as you know, and I think either Pittsburgh or Cincinnati is probably going to get one of them. And then there's a number of other teams that have that possibility. Uh, Jacksonville is being talked up a lot. Funny little aside. Paul Puzlesny was quoted as saying, this year's Jacksonville team is the most talented he's ever been on. He's only played for the Bills and Jaguars his entire career, so that really isn't saying a whole lot. And then you've got the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos are one of those Super Bowl to miss the playoffs candidates for sure. Mark Sanchez is the guy they're trying to talk up as the quarterback. I know they didn't get great quarterback play last year, but they also lost uh, some other players on the team that won the Super Bowl. Kansas City, they finished last year, I I had forgotten this, with the third-best point differential in the AFC last year and won their last 10 games and ended up getting into the playoffs last season. And then the Oakland Raiders, they go in the category of Jacksonville, a team that's been down for a very long time, that is like Buffalo and has a chance to get into the playoffs. And when you look at all of them, you say that there's still opportunity for the Bills to make it in terms of the playoffs they were a game away from being right in the in the actual hunt not in the in the hunt graphic but in the real hunt for a playoff spot last year so i I, i'm in between i'm kind of caught in between saying yeah it's been such a long time since they've made the playoffs that it is bold to say they'll make it but the roster doesn't suggest that that's bold the roster is is very good 803-0550, 803 550 although you might debate that as well. Got a text in here on the text line at 550-550 about continuity. That was one of the things that I talked about in the first segment. It was a big part of the conversation with the media yesterday from Rex Ryan to Doug Whaley. Everybody was talking. Continuity is good. Continuity is good. Text in. Uh, And feel free to sign texts with your name so I can give you a little credit for it. Uh, I'm all for continuity, just not with these two. Rex is overrated snake oil salesman. His brother is a joke, and Whaley should have been fired on the spot the second he traded Sammy Watkins for an extra first to move up a couple spots for a wide receiver in a rich wide receiver draft. All right, so let's just just go one by one and break these down. Rex Ryan, snake oil salesman, is something that I think – a lot of people are in that camp. Rex Ryan, we haven't gotten into this. because We've we got to like you know shake the rust off a little bit on these conversations, right? Just like, let's go. All right, now we've got to get back into the mode of camps on guys. All right, I remember this. We've got Rex camps that there are some people who believe Rex is a pretty good coach who has, knows his defense, had a down year last year, but should be able to get things back on track. That's one camp. The other camp is Rex Ryan's a snake oil salesman, like this texter is saying, and he's just knows how to talk his way out of everything and is not really actually a good coach. Those are your two Rex Ryan camps. And though I, I feel like it's almost like a Clinton-Trump thing, that if, if you're in one of those camps, you are going nowhere. That a lot of people are in the middle, right? A lot of people are... Okay, well, we'll see how he fixes the defense. And then if he doesn't, then maybe I'll start to lean back toward your way of saying snake oil salesman. I think there's a lot of people who are there. But if you are solidified in one of those two camps, if you are the Democrat or the Republican, in this case, being you think he is full of it or you think he's a really good coach, you aren't going anywhere. But most people are in the middle on that and can be convinced just by winning, obviously. So if we if we talk about continuity, I think most people would be in the middle of this conversation. Continuity, yeah, well, uh, if we win, <laughs> if if we don't win and the players this year don't get the system that Rex is selling and I mean I think this year is the swing year for that middle group. It's kind of like the, uh, when they have debates between Trump and Clinton. Those big debates will come up. And there will probably still be a lot of people in the middle, I'm guessing. Or let's just say as the way presidential things usually go. Maybe in this one it's a little bit different. But, you know, there's, there's this group who hasn't decided yet. They want to see him go head-to-head. Then they'll decide. And this year is that for Rex Ryan. It's It's the debates. He has to show up and perform in the debates and convince us all that he can actually get it done, that he's the coach that bucks the trend. And of course, having a quarterback is, is really helpful there. The other part of this text, uh, his brother's a joke. Yeah. See, here's the thing about Rob Ryan, that Rob Ryan has a good history as a position coach, but not as much as a defensive coordinator. I don't really know what to make of that. And anytime we're talking about a coordinator that goes beyond just the guy who calls the plays, I get, I, I get a little antsy about that conversation. I just don't really know where to go with it. How, how do I know? How do I know if Rob Ryan is a good position coach or will be good at helping Rex Ryan design his defense and implement it? I, I don't know that. I mean, we can only watch camp from here. It, it's really hard to say if he's good at that or not. His history as a defensive coordinator isn't great, but his history as a position coach includes a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a tough spot with that. And Doug Whaley should be fired for trading for Sammy Watkins. Well, look, as in terms of a value trade, it wasn't very good. Trading for a wide receiver when there were a lot of good wide receivers in that draft, including Odell Beckham. Sammy Watkins is amazing, though. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Doug Whaley didn't miss in terms of Sammy Watkins' talent. Maybe he missed in terms of the value to get that player, and I wonder about that with him as well. But in terms of the talent of Sammy Watkins, he did not miss on that. And I think Sammy Watkins is the biggest part of the offense this year, and how much he succeeds will depend on how many wins they get. Or the other way around. How many wins they get will depend on whether Sammy Watkins is healthy and succeeds. He's that good, though. He is, put your entire offense around. I've got a, yeah, I know, this is very, I feel silly saying this. I've got a hashtag (laughs) for the season. It's throw it to Sammy every time. Every time. The uh, last year, just per attempt throwing it his way, not even just per catch, but per attempt was about 10 yards every time they even tried to throw it at Sammy Watkins. So i think he is that good 803 eight 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 five fifty two five fifty some people will never let that go in terms of the trade value to get Watkins, but he's on the team and the team is good enough to make the playoffs i think i'm not going to disagree with that value conversation, but um he's a great player though eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty uh, I love continuity, but who cares? It's the Bills. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be that guy. Now, usually that comes from Bobby. And usually that guy, he doesn't show up until like week four or something, right? And the team's two and two, and it's this team stinks. Who cares anyway? That that guy usually at training camp, that guy's fairly quiet. But I mean, there's always going to be the the person around, and the, these these people are fading. Since they've been on the doorstep of the playoffs the last two years, and since the ownership actually does things that make sense, um, those those people are fading. The number of people who just say because it's the Bills, we'll never win anything. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think be, because it's Cincinnati, they'll never win anything or something, right? Because it's who? I mean, there's, like do, do, uh, do other teams say this stuff? And they probably. How about the Saints? They, you know, how many years did they go and then? Well, because it's the Saints, we, we they'll we'll never win, and then they get Drew Brees, and then they win. So I I can't ever can't ever buy into that. Uh, continuity's overrated. I think every team that doesn't win the Super Bowl should fire their entire staff. <laughs> okay, I'm assuming you're kidding there, but continuity being overrated is is probably true. I mean, it really is it depends on the circumstance here, and with the Bills and continuity, I look at it as. This is a bit of a tough spot for the Pagoulas to be saying they're all in on continuity because the roster is built up to win right now. They've got guys they drafted high in the first round, Stefan Gilmore, Marcel Darius. They've got a quarterback who's good. I mean, you're you're prepared with this roster to make it. And if you don't again – How can you not look around and say, what went wrong here? Because it was good enough last year, too. And probably, I mean, even the year before they get nine wins, they were probably good enough to make it then with a top defense. So we're going on a couple years where the roster's been good enough to win, and it hasn't gotten into the playoffs. I mean, how do you not reassess if if they don't make it? How can you just say, sorry, we said continuity? I mean it kind of reminds me of signing Darcy Regier to a contract extension and then firing him the same year. <laughs> I mean it just it happens all the time that how you feel at one point um can definitely change when it comes to continuity. 8030550-1-888-550-2550. Matthew Collar with you from Buffalo Bills training camp. I'm sitting right in front of the uh, beautiful St. John Fisher football field. They actually practice on the next field over, so I'm kind of looking through and and seeing a little bit of what's going on, but I can't exactly give you the play-by-play. We'll hear a complete recap of what happened out on the field today from Sal Capaccio. He'll be coming up with me from about 12.30 through the rest of the show, going until 2 o'clock. Richie Incognito also probably some point within the next half an hour or so they're just getting close to wrapping things up and then he'll be on his way over and we'll talk offensive line running game life our fears our loves our thoughts the uh, it's gonna get weird with richie incognito out here okay i'm kidding 62 percent saying it is bold to say the bills will make the playoffs right now on my twitter at matthewwgr we will come back and just real quick a situation in Houston that is going to be worth keeping an eye on. Especially this is Houston is a team to watch because of the Bills and wild card aspirations. We'll talk about that next. Matthew Collar from Saint John Fisher here on WGR. They got guys who Gillisley, I mean, he's still there, right?
0: James Wilder Junior. I mean he he's there. So
1: I mean, yeah, those are young guys. Do you look are you looking for a better guy? I don't know. At at this point, I would kind of maybe just wait and see. I always enjoy listening to Thurman Thomas anytime he's on, whether it's John Murphy show, the afternoon show with us in the morning, always good stuff from Thurman Thomas, Matthew Collar from St. John Fisher college day one of training camp here. Things just about to get wrapped up over on the field. We'll talk with Sal Capaccio At around 12.30 or so, he's going to go into the locker room and talk to a few players, get their reactions from today. And right after practice, Richie Incognito is making his way over, and we're going to discuss what's going on with the offensive line this year and the expectations for the Bills. Got a few more questions other than that, too, for Richie about the offseason. He's kind of become a media darling a little bit, which I think is um, ironic. Uh, But first... DeAndre Hopkins, Nate back in the studio, Nate Geary, what is going on with DeAndre Hopkins of the Houston Texans?
0: So, Matthew, as you know, many people open camp today, other teams earlier in the week, but so they open camp today, DeAndre Hopkins shows up uh, as if he's, you know, going to participate because, you know, he's getting paid to play, uh, but then promptly walks out the doors and demands a new contract, and the team in their reply say they will not be doing any sort of, you know, negotiating as, you know, camp just started. Uh, so right now, uh, both sides are at a standoff. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has left camp, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, so he right now has begun a holdout and uh, will not report supposedly until he's given a new contract. Okay, so Hopkins, according to Spotrac, no, he's not—he's uh, not nearly making enough money, right? No, yeah, oh, he's oh. not. He, he's
1: although he's making nine point three million, which is kind of a lot yeah. through two thousand seventeen. But he's projected because of his production at over fourteen million, which I understand is a pretty big gap. It's just the timing is odd. Wanting a different contract is not odd, considering the season he had last year, Nate. But. Doing it now is like, what did he get to camp? And then he caught a few passes
0: and went, I'm better than everyone. I need a new contract. (laughs) Well, I mean, you would think next year is probably going to be a better bargaining tool for him. He's going to be playing with the best quarterback he's ever had. And he had 111 receptions with all those yards and touchdowns with like five different quarterbacks. I mean, who knows what the kind of yards he'll be able to put up this year. Like you'd think he'd do this next offseason. Like you said, the timing really just doesn't make sense. Yeah, Hopkins
1: has been the shining example for me to point to to say you really can throw it to one player every time him and Brandon Marshall with the Jets and uh, that can work for an offensive strategy I think the Bills should be considering targeting Sammy Watkins 10 times a game plus so we'll talk about that more but an interesting situation for Houston to keep an eye on because it is relevant to the Bills in what is projected to be a wild card race you would think that Ah, uh, Houston would be right in that conversation. Matthew Collar here, Saint John Fisher College. Uh, jump on with us, 803 eight 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 five fifty two five fifty, and uh, let's grab a, a call here before the break. Let's go to Dan in Tampa on WGR. What's up, Dan?
0: Hey, hey, Matt. Um, well, uh, Bill, we're back, so I'm back to calling you guys again. <laughs> so, uh, for the next few months, but um, I'm really excited. I I'm in the middle of the road as you were describing before. Um, in the sense that if all this off-season stuff is true that Vic and Tyler Don and you guys have reported regarding improved communication on the defense and things are a lot better and that Reed saying it was terrible last year and yada 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 um, and then retaining our offensive linemen, you know it looks like yeah we could be a playoff team. Why, why not? You know so I'm I'm excited about that. But Rex always seems to promise the world. I mean, you know so it's kind of like you know just just prove it. Just just do it and we'll 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 be there for you. And you'll have sold out games every game. Um that's where I fall on this. And by the way, I grew up in Buffalo, that's why I'm a Bills fan. I listen to you guys all the time all throughout the season. So thanks so much for taking the call, man.
1: Well thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. And I, I do think that's where most people stand with Rex Ryan, that there are the camps of people who will vehemently tell you that he's great and the other side will tell you Uh, that he's the worst snake oil salesman was the term that was used by the texter. And I I think that 80 or 90% of bills fans are somewhere where you are. Dan is the, if it, gets done this year and they get to the playoffs then I think continuity going forward after that is fine but if it's another year without it then the only continuity you have is bad continuity of just continuing to miss the postseason more of your calls and some good texts when we come back also Richie Incognito at some point they're just starting to make their way off the field so he'll be on his way over uh, as well very soon and then Sal Capaccio will give us a full report of what happened out on the field today all that coming up Matthew Collar from St. John Fisher College day one of training camp here on WGR